It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. So today, we are talking about a topic that probably a lot of us have experienced. It's about this, this, these multiple roles that we play, parenting, running a business, being in business, whatever role we have in that business, but running a business and get this one because we can parent, we can run a business, but can we do it while being sane? So maintaining our sanity. Now, the reason that this came to me, the reason I decided that this was the topic I was going to address was because I was working the other day and my 10 year old, he comes crawling into the office and he lays down next to our two dogs who are already in the office with me, lays down and he goes, your third dog is here and starts acting like a dog. And and that wasn't even like the trigger for me because then my eight-year-old comes in with a Pokeball in his hand. For any of you know that know that Pokemon, you know what I'm talking about. He comes in, he goes, can you catch me, mom? Can you catch me? I'm a Pokemon, can you catch me? And I'm sitting here, oh my gosh. I was writing something with with total concentration and one kid's like acting like a dog and the other kid is being a Pokemon attempting to get me to catch him. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like, how, what? What just happened here? And so then I, I really started taking note of how many times my kids like unintentionally interrupt me. And and this is in, in a span of about two hours was 25 times. 25 times. Now my kids are awesome. Like they're they're pretty great, especially when I give them boundaries. But if I don't remember to give them boundaries, this stuff happens. And so I have to be really clear about like this is this time. My kids are going back to school here in a couple of weeks or next week, but they have been home for the last year and a half. And I got asked this question the other day. <laughs> Somebody asked my husband and I this question, and it was, has your your kids being home affected your productivity. And I wish you could have seen our faces in that moment. So, so this person asks this question, like straight faced, has your kids being home affected your productivity? And we both looked at each other and I, I probably peed my pants in that moment. I mean, it might've happened because we laughed so hard. Like, of course it's affected our productivity. Like, how could you, how could it not? I mean, our kids were homeschooled. There's such uncertainty. My mom died. I mean, you think about all the different things that have happened over the last year and a half while running businesses. Like, it's amazing that I, not that my hair has turned gray, that it's not like all fallen out. I mean, that's, that's the reality we're living in. And so we really get to be we get to all give ourselves this grace, whether you're in the office or at home, whether you're running business, or you're an employee, whatever it is, we get to give ourselves grace that we're here and that we're breathing. I, that's table stakes right now, that we're here and that we're breathing. Anything else, else above that is a bonus. And when I started thinking of it that way, I realized, okay, a win today may look very different than what a win looked like two years ago and what a win's going to look like in a year or maybe even a week from now when my kids are back in school. But right now in this moment, when I'm running businesses, my kids are home. And quite frankly, the way the Delta variant goes, I don't even know that they're going back to school in a week. Who knows? But the win today, meaning something that worked, 
looks very different than it did another day. And that's a big lesson that I've learned. And it's something that, that, that I get to land with you is that what does a win look like today? What does a win look like this moment? Because oftentimes I can get caught up of, oh, I haven't had that big win. And I'm a deep controller. I love to win. I love to see completion. That brings me energy and joy. And when I don't foresee a win, I get frustrated. And so if I'm working on really big projects, which is really what lands on my plate these days, are really big projects that, that I don't see the, the win for a long, long time. If I only see that years from now or months from now, I can get really stuck and really frustrated. And that's what I see happening with a lot of parents right now. So because my kids are going back to school, they, got, we, they have grown out of their shoes. I took them to Shields. It's a, a local store to get tennis shoes. And I'm sitting with the tennis shoes with, with my kid, uh, getting them fitted for tennis shoes. And we waited patiently, probably 30 minutes for somebody that could come size him because I'm not confident in my sizing. There are a lot of things I'm great at. Sizing my children for shoes is just not one of them. That little scale where you got to move that number around, it's very confusing for me. So I always have somebody do that. And at this place that we go, they're wonderful. And then they say, here are the shoes you can choose from. Which one do you want? Well, my son knew which ones he wanted. He was very specific. He wanted these clickers. If you've ever seen them, BOA technology, they're so cool. You just push them in. You don't have to use shoelaces. I hear that's outdated. Now we use BOA technology, which just basically is, is kind of like, if you guys remember, like strap shoes, it's like, it's like that. And they do make them for adults. So I'm gonna get myself some BOA technology shoes. When you look into this, you'll be thanking me. They're very cool. So he knew that he wanted these shoes and I am just, we're just being patient. We're waiting for support from the, the sales clerk. And I was very observant with what was going on around us. And I saw a lot of parents and a lot of kids and the parents uh, by and large were, were pretty antsy and frustrated. Like kids don't, especially in a situation like that where they're waiting for a long time, they don't tend to sit well. And I saw one lady use her elbow and her arm to literally restrain her child. She was so angry. And the kids see that and they get really confused because they think that mom must be mad at me. But the reality is, and what I know to be true, is that we're not, we're rarely mad at our kids. We're not mad at their actions, but we're really actually mad at our kids. And it can cause a lot of, of damage. And so I spent a lot of time in the emotional intelligence world to understand like, how do I, if I'm angry or frustrated, how do I move through that quickly so that it doesn't impact my kids? And that's really, when, when we're talking about running businesses or whatever we do for our, our, our jobs, it's really easy to bring that home. And then when we're working at home, it's like, it's here. It's around us all the time. So how do we separate ourselves from that? And so that's the crux of what we're going to talk about today. It's how do we actually move through when something crazy happens to us, when something that's like, like a project blows up or whatever happens, and then our kids are yelling and, and you know all these things are happening. How do we not go down that rabbit hole of like restraining our kids with our elbows or yelling or, or getting really mad? And I'm going to share with you another situation that happened to me because I think this is another, another uh, piece, and I don't even know exactly what to do with it yet. But it's another component of what's going on right now. And so we've got to address it at least and let know that it's going out there. So we've got, we've got our kids. That's what we've been talking about for the last few minutes here, about challenges with our kids. But then there's a whole population of us that are in this sandwich generation where we are actually supporting our parents as well. We become caregivers to our parents. And I fall into that space most of the time. So my dad has a chronic illness, and this has been going on since I was 10. He had cancer when I was 10. 
And my dad's been on the show. Like he is phenomenal. If you go back to June and you watch the neuroscience segment, my dad is on there, Dr. Finnerty. Uh, that is my dad. And so I have a wonderful relationship with my dad. 95% of the time he is healthy, phenomenal. He can live on his own. 5% of the time he's not. And last week we were in the period of he's not. And so he calls me up. I have a speaking gig on Wednesday and I was really excited. I was going out with local. So thank goodness it was local because he called me an hour before my speaking gig and he says, could you come over? I'm like, yeah, of course, of course. And he says, I'm not feeling so well. And that's kind of the code for I may need to go into the hospital. And he gets bowel obstruction. So these can come on really fast. And so I drop everything. I go over there. I tell my husband, hey, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. But with a speaking gig, it's like they're, they're hard to cancel at the last minute. And, and I'm committed to doing those. So my brain was constantly going, how do I, how do, I do both? How is this going to work? And so I got to my dad's house. And I quickly realized that he was going to get to go into the hospital. And I realized that he got to go via paramedic because he was pretty weak. And so I, I couldn't move him there myself. And so I called up my husband and I said, hey, like, can you meet us at the hospital? We'll get him down there. But I, I don't know how else this is going to work because I got to go speak. And luckily I was dressed in my clothes to go speak. And so long story short, we, we got him there. And because of, of COVID and the situation that we're in where we live, the hospital's pretty full, but because he went in with ambulance, he got to sit behind the ER doors, not in front of the ER doors, which I have sat the last time he went in a few months ago, we sat for three and a half hours in uh, the ER, the waiting room. And I was really holding him back in his chair because he was, he was passing out and I kept having to hold him back, but there was just nowhere to take him. The hospital was so full, the ER was, so we couldn't get him back to where to get the support that he needed. And I got to be that, that middleman. And so the stuff is happening and I'm like, we just take care of it. I don't even think about the, the mental trauma or the things that go on around that. We just take care of it in the moment. And so uh, long story short, my dad, we, we waited for 11 hours. He got into a room. My husband was there while I ran and did my speaking gig. I came back. And, and I, when I went to do the speaking gig, I didn't go on stage and say, hey, I just left the hospital. It's like, I got to put that stuff behind me. I can't, I can't be in the moment and present with the people that are in front of me while I'm thinking about that. And so I, I got to move through that. I got to maintain sanity and do multiple things at once and know that it, it's okay. Whatever happens is going to happen. My dad knows that he loves me. My husband's with him. They've got it. And I will pick up the pieces or do whatever I do when, when, when I get back. And so I did, I, I did the speaking gig. I went back to the hospital. I waited until 11, until we got into a room. And then I went home the next night. And so the next day I go to the hospital He's, he's doing better. I check in. I'm there for a few hours. I go home. I do my work. I'm playing with my kids. It's, it's, a, it's going all right. The next day, I go to the hospital. I go into the elevator. It's like normal routine. I get to the elevator. I get off the elevator. I walk past the nurse's station, and I see this gurney. And on the gurney is a dead body covered in a white sheet. It wasn't like I saw the, the person's face or anything, but it was very evident that this person was dead and totally in rigor mortis. And, uh, and my first thought wasn't like, Oh my God, there's a dead body. Right. It wasn't that at all. It was, well, I guess there's a free room now. Somebody from that ER that's packed can come up. And I walked into my dad's room 
And I know that every time we go into the, the hospital, like it is a life or death situation. And I, we truly went up, up against the, the death in that moment, not for him, but for somebody else. And I said, I guess there's a free room on this floor. He goes, what do you mean? I said, one of your neighbors is outside and not alive. And he was like, no. And I mean, you can't, if you have your door shut, you can't hear all this stuff. And it was just this real moment of, huh, okay. And, and because I'm still in this state of, at the moment, even now, like, what do you do with that, right? If that's, we're running businesses, we got kids, and then like this stuff happens. And it's really crazy to think about that. And I'm so thankful that I don't go into a normal, I say normal, like an eight to five job, because when this kind of stuff happens, I think what, what we normally do is we just go back into our day. We just keep moving and we don't really unpack it. And we don't really like let that set of, wow, like that, that's kind of a big deal. It really, it's kind of a big deal. I think kind of, it is a big deal. And we often blow past that. We bury it deep. And then we wonder when we get really mad when we're at the shoe store and we're restraining our kids because they're just doing some, they're just being kids. And we're, we're there with our elbow in front of them, holding them back or we're yelling and like, why are we so mad about this? I have no idea. It doesn't make sense, but it's because we packed all this trauma. Now I went to some extreme when I just shared that story with you about, about a dead person in, in a gurney, but trauma exists in situations. Like, it doesn't have to be that extreme. It could be, it could be you finding out that your kid is exposed. Well, it's not going to be COVID. It could be strep throat or something like that. And now all of a sudden your kid's starting getting sick and you're like, what do I do here? Like, that's trauma. Or so you, see, you see a car accident. Like, trauma exists in so many different ways, but, or whatever, you get in a fight with somebody and it's unresolved or you hear a fight or all these things are trauma and we bury them and we don't address them. And then we, we just get mad at the slightest things. Our kids have this happen as well. This is happening all over our world. And then we wonder why we're frustrated. And we think that wouldn't have bothered me a little bit ago. Why is it bothering me today? Why is it bothering me today? Because we overlook these traumatic experiences. And so the first lesson, if we take anything away from this, the stories that I've shared with you, is that we get to own our experiences and where we are and know that in some days, just taking a step forward is a win. Just taking a step forward is a win. Now, tomorrow, taking a step forward may not be the win we're looking for, but today the win may just be taking a step forward. Whatever that looks like for you. It may be writing an email for your business. It may be having a conversation with an employee. It may be reading to your kids at night. Whatever that win is, look for those micro wins. Because when we're maintaining sanity, it's not about playing the long game. It's about going through each day and saying, this is what I wanted to create today and I did it. This is what I wanted to create today and I did it. All right, guys, we are going to go on a quick break. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. We have covered a ton in the last 15 minutes and gone deep and probably uncomfortable for a lot of you. So in the next 15 minutes, what I can promise you is we're going even deeper. All right, guys, we'll be back here in just a second. I'll talk to you very soon. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. 
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And we've been talking all about how to run businesses while parenting, while maintaining sanity. That last piece, that's the, it's like the gold card, right? How do we maintain sanity while doing these other things? Because if we lose our sanity, then why are we even doing these things? really getting back to our core purpose. So I want to really ground you guys for a moment. Why am I even talking about this? So I'm an executive coach. I work with multiple businesses. There was a point in my life where I ran seven businesses. Now I run three. And I work with executives who are in these situations who are saying, look, I know that I get to show up differently. It's not about what's happening outside of me. It's how I get to show up so that I can navigate these challenging situations. The people I work with, are constantly in challenging situations and they want to to navigate them with ease. And so that's why they call me up. So if that's something that you're encountering, give me a call. You can learn more at KathleenReason.com is my website. So these these challenging situations that we encounter, they can be all kinds of things. I was working with a client the other day who who wanted, uh, he was actually told, he was, he's in the second or the, the third position right now in a very large company. And he was told that he was in consideration for the first, for the, the CEO role as they're working on a tenure plan, the, the board of directors. And so one of the, the uh, officers on this board really loves trauma, drama, drama, not trauma. We talked about trauma a little bit ago, but drama. And so there've been lots of rumors that got started and my client got caught up in those rumors in figuring out, well, what was actually going on and whether he had the role or what, how he could get the role. He got caught up in thinking maybe it wasn't even his anymore, not by the person that originally had the conversation with him, but by all this drama that was created in other situations. Now, this is a guy who's running some pretty impactful uh, pieces of business for this company, and he's got kids, and he's been in and out of the office because of COVID, just like the rest of us, and he got caught up in the drama. And one of the things that we worked on was saying, like, what's real and what's not? Because drama is not real. It's, It's not real. So we get to go back to, like, what is real? And when we bear, when we when we dug down and actually looked at for him, it was that he didn't want to play in a space where there was drama. And the reality was there wasn't actually drama in that number one that CEO spot. There's not for him that it, that wasn't the person that was creating the drama. It was this other group of people. And so once he saw that that where he wanted to go was actually clean, let's say he could go there. He could 
be himself, he could move through it. But we can often get caught up in what's happening around us. So people that I share this story about when I started my first business, there were people around me that didn't want me to succeed. And I took that as, well, they, they want me to fail. And it wasn't about me. It was about them. And the reason they didn't want me to succeed, the reason that they said, hey, if Kathleen doesn't meet her goal, it's not because we want to see Kathleen not meet her goal. It's because Kathleen's out there pushing and growing and, and creating a vision and going for it. And I have visions and dreams too. And if I am not going for it, but Kathleen wins, then maybe I should have gone for it. So I'm going to work, if I'm, if I'm in this other group, I'm going to work to hold this person back. Like I'm going to hold Kathleen back because I don't want Kathleen to win because now I'm going to have to go out. What's that saying? Like I actually could create what I want to create and that's scary. So, so human tendency is to pull back, not go forward in those situations. That's what drama is. I'm going to pull you back. And we can easily get swept up in it. So that's where it's really helpful. If you're in this this desire to maintain sanity, get yourself a coach. Get yourself somebody that can be that neutral party. Now, I've shared this stat before on this show, and I'm going to share it again. How many people do you think the average person has to lean on in an emotional crisis? So just think about that. 10, 9, 6, 3, 1. What do you think? I mean, the average person has how many people they can lean on in an emotional crisis? The answer is zero. The average person has zero people that they can lean on. Like that stat makes my stomach churn. Literally churn. And it's why people like me have jobs. So psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, that is not my role. They have to focus on the attachment to the past and how to release that. I work on moving forward. The reason that they exist is because of this statistic. The reason that I have a job is because of this statistic. It's because on average, we have zero people to turn to in an emotional crisis. So, So you know that that's happening. That I talked about these traumatic experiences that were that maybe you're not seeing dead bodies in the hallway, but you're having these traumatic experiences and maybe they're micro, maybe they're not. It doesn't matter. I'm not judging them, but you're having these experiences. And if you don't have anybody to turn to, you just bury that sucker and it's going to come up at work or with your kids. It's going to because that's how it works. We, we bury our, our trauma, our experiences, and then it comes up and we wonder why when somebody leaves the peanut butter out, we're like, what the flying, crap? you left the peanut butter out or the milk. I mean, how many have had that experience where your kids leave the milk out on the counter and you're like, come on. It's not about the $2 or the $3 that it's going to cost to replace the milk. Who cares? It's not about the waste. Yes, is it a waste? But when that happens, when I lose my cool, who loses? It's not just me. It's my kids. It's my employees. It's everyone around me. And so I owe it to myself and I owe it to them to understand what's really underneath that. 
And so the, 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 the lesson that I get to land with you in this moment is that the stuff that comes out of our mouth, the words that come out of our mouth, the, the reason that we think something is bothering us is not what's actually bothering us. We get to go down to the layer deeper. So when I erupt because I'm frustrated about the milk being left out, what I get to know is maybe I'm actually uncomfortable because I saw a dead body in the hallway. Or whatever that is for you, maybe I'm actually uncomfortable because my kids keep asking me what's school going to be like and I don't know what to tell them. Maybe it's because their father and I were fighting and I was embarrassed about it. You know, whatever that is for you, that whatever that story is, know that when you when you have those trigger moments, when you get frustrated, it's not generally about what's right in front of you. There's something underneath that. And so realizing that there's something underneath it and digging down, it's like peeling back an onion. Why is it that I'm really mad? Is it the milk that I'm really mad about? You know, we've got stuff going on in Afghanistan right now, especially I live here in the U.S., and there's lots of, if you guys have seen the news, we don't have to get deep into this, but there's a lot of people that are really have a lot of emotion tied up in that. I mean, can you imagine that if your son or daughter fought in the war in Afghanistan anytime over the last 20 years for the US, they were over there. And right now we as the US troops were pulling out of there. And so it's a, it's a very chaotic environment and it's reminding a lot of people of Vietnam and leaving Saigon. And it's bringing up a lot of issues for a lot of people. And I, was, I read an article about how one mom was saying, my son lost his life fighting in Afghanistan so that those people could have some semblance of a life. And now we're leaving. And she's saying, was my son's life worth it? Like, this is deep stuff. So, of course, that lady who erupts over milk on a counter, we get to give her grace. Get to give her grace. Like, this is, this is the biggest lesson because she gets to unpack what's underneath it. She gets to say, maybe it's not the milk that I'm mad about. Or the lady that's at Shields that's holding her son back. I could say easily, like, she's a bad parent. But it's she's probably not. She's probably got a lot of stuff going on that's in her way. Now, is it okay to mistreat our kids? Like, absolutely not. But instead of being in judgment, we get to be in curiosity. How can I support you? How can I listen? And not just for other people, but also for ourselves. Because if you want to run businesses and you want to have kids and you want to maintain sanity, you get to be really curious with yourself about what's coming up and the stuff that's happening to you, the triggers, the things that are, that are irritating you. Know that whatever's happening, there's actually something underneath it. And until you're willing to peel back the layers and actually see what it is, what it is that's really bothering you. And sometimes all you have to do is see it because once you see it, you can't unsee it. And then you know like, oh, it was the dead body in the hallway. Now I know you guys, I keep referencing this because honestly, when I saw this body, I, it didn't, I was like, oh, there's a body, all right, let's go. There's another room. Like, I didn't have this moment of crap, like this is weird. And, and now, multiple days later, I'm like, oh, that, that's kind of weird. But I'm highly self-aware, and I, don't, I really do not want to be the person that holds on to it and shoves it down because I've been there. I have 
been there that has been me and it didn't work for me. I'll tell you what happened. I got shingles twice. Your health will not sustain shoving this stuff down. Your relationships with your kids and with your employees will not sustain you shoving this stuff down. It just won't work. Like if, if you're saying, wow, Kathleen, you're crazy. You're full of it. It works for me. BS. BS, because I've seen it time and time and time again. I talked with some high school stu- or college students the other day. That's where I was at last Wednesday when I left the hospital to be with my dad. I'm talking with these college students. And I say to them, one of the things that you can do right now is figure out what it is that you really want. Don't live somebody else's life. But comparison is the thief of joy. But, but figure out what it is that you want. Because when you figure that out, you're not going to end up in my office 20, 30 years from now. And they're all like, no, no, no. I've got, these are my 15 degrees. Like well, one person had like three degrees and a minor or something. He sounded really impressive on paper. But when I asked them why they were doing that, it was because they were undecided in so many areas. So they just packed on these majors. I said, okay, well, the question you really get to ask yourself is what do you want? Such a fundamental question. And then being okay with whatever the answer is, not being in judgment to it, like just truly being okay. I talked last week with Whitney on the show, Whitney Warren, and we talked about the Enneagram and how we got to really own our who we are and what we're up to. Like these are all, when we put it all together in a big picture, like this is all so important because how we maintain sanity, it's knowing who we are, knowing what's really going on, not shoving this down. At the core, it's emotional intelligence. When we are emotionally intelligent, when we feel our experiences, and I'll tell you, as you heard last week on the show, Kathleen Reeson does not like to feel pain. Probably why when I saw that dead body, I was like, that was a dead body. And now I realize that that's actually a painful thing, especially for somebody whose mom just died. And because of COVID, I wasn't able to be in the room and I don't know what she looked like afterwards. She could have looked just like this person. I have no idea. So do you think there might be pain around there? I might might have something wrapped up in that. Excuse me. And so these are the questions that are coming up. And naturally, in the past, I would have shoved that down because I didn't want to have anything to do with it. There's no way I would be sitting here on a radio show talking to you about it. But I know there's stuff there. And I get to let it come up. And I get to be okay that it's happening. And you do too. You do too. We're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, we'll go even deeper. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Enjoy this quick break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. 
Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we've been talking about running businesses while raising kids while maintaining sanity. It's like this trifecta. And what normally, what normally, that's such an interesting word. What's been happening is that we've been raising kids and running businesses, but we, we, we've let the sanity piece be the last piece. And I'm going to share with you an experience that I had even before, this is way before COVID, back when my kids were really little, because now they're, they're eight, 10, and 12, actually almost 13. I'm going to have a teenager here soon. And, uh, what what I something that I experienced, but I also saw it happen in a lot of people around me. So uh, we sent our kids to a daycare for for a while, but when my youngest was pregnant with my youngest, we got a nanny, and this is not like a live-in nanny. I say that and people think that we had a live-in nanny. No, she basically a babysitter, and she would come at a certain time and leave at a certain time. And so I use this time, my husband would go to work because we were away from home and this time he would go to work and he would come home and he would get his workout in. Like he would structure his day so that he got what he required to be mentally, physically, emotionally, like in balance. But me, the nanny would get there. I would rush off to work. I would work all day and maybe I would take 15, 20 minutes. I ate lunch, but it would be a really short time. The amount of time it would actually take for me to eat my lunch, or I was with a client, or I was always on the move until the second that I pulled back in the garage, which time my nanny would leave and I was in charge of my kids. And my husband traveled a lot. And so it was like me. I was either at work or I was raising my kids, but there was no other time. And then I noticed that this was something when I looked at my employees, they were doing the same thing. And it was crazy because we were blocking ourselves in so much that we didn't have any time for ourselves. Because in in this case, uh, most of the time, my employees, their spouses were traveling for work or gone or they, so my, these people that I was looking at, my employees, myself, we weren't creating any time for ourselves to just breathe, let alone be physically fit. And so what I did was we actually, this is before we owned gyms, we partnered with a gym and our employees got to go work out. And so we said over lunch, we're all gonna go work out together or you can go work out in the morning, but let's build this time in and it's no cost to you. So we weren't at a place where we were gonna put a gym in the company, but we made it a priority because what I saw was that we had a, we had a lot of moms that worked with us and they weren't giving themselves the time to actually just, breathe. I don't care whether I went and worked out or not. Go sit in the parking lot for 45 minutes. That's, that's cool. I don't care. Turn your car off like, or go to a park. Like It doesn't matter. But we sometimes get to force ourselves to just, just relax and have these moments. And so then inner COVID where, where our kids are around us all the time, we ended up putting a porch swing on our house. Now it's really nice. I love the porch swing. But my kids, my kids also like it. Whenever I'm on the port swing, they seem to find me there. But the whole point of it was that it's another area where I can just go. My husband doesn't use it very often, but I can just go and relax for a minute. 
it's not about the kids. It's not about work, but it's just having that moment. And during a time when our kids are kind of everywhere, creating these boundaries, we're like, hey, if mom's on the swing, give her a few minutes. It's okay. Our kids can get that even at such a young age. They can get that. Mom gets time too. The other thing that's how that happens is that we we feel bad about that. But I noticed last night we had a, a crazy a big weekend uh, full of of friends and family. And what I noticed was that my oldest, he was sitting in his room for a few minutes playing with Legos. I said, is everything okay? He said, oh, I'm just giving myself a few minutes, just a a quick few minutes to breathe. And I was so proud of him. But more than anything, I was proud of myself because the only reason that he knew that that was a thing was because I allowed myself to give, I, I got to give myself a few minutes. He learned that behavior. And for years, that wasn't a behavior he was learning from me because I was go, go, go. And I thought that if I was giving myself a minute, even though logically I knew it would make me a better parent, a better better uh, employer, all that, but I thought I, can't, I don't even have a minute to stop. But when I actually stopped and I actually give myself that minute, I taught my kids that it's okay to do that. I didn't have to say a word. They just picked that up. How cool is that? These natural reset moments where we can pause and then we can go out and we can tackle the world or do whatever we want to create. But that's so powerful when we give ourselves that. We have a question here. When there's so much to do, how do you force yourself to take that time out? Great question. So a couple different things. One, when we have our to-do list. So how many of you have the to-do list and actually put a square next to the to-do list so you can check it off? Is this any of you? Yeah, so that used to be me. It'd still be sometimes when I get really busy, full. When my schedule gets really full, then I go back to my boxes so that I can check things off. It's a, it's a sense of completion. It's like a win, right? I want to check it off. So, so what I see some of the most productive people doing is that amongst their, th- their things to do, they actually add in these forced times, these five minutes. So for example, I was just talking with a friend the other day. She does two hours of work, 15 minutes of break. I have a client who does 45 minutes of work, five minutes of break. So there is no right or wrong. There is no universal answer to this. But what you can tell is when you're working and when you're focused, when does that natural period of time come where your productivity starts to slip, where your mind starts to wander? That might be at 15 minutes for you. You might be 15 minutes on, five minutes off. You might be 45 minutes on, 15 minutes off. But what you'll see if you're really in tune, you you really just start to listen to your body and you look at when you're productive, you actually will see your patterns. So for me, I know that I can, I have the ability to focus for a two hour span, but that's about it. That's my max. And so if I choose to do that, I get to really separate myself for about 30 minutes so that I can reset. That means I could go for a walk. I could read with my kids if they're here, whatever that is. Now, I know that I may not get that two-hour block. I may only get 45 minutes of that block, but then I probably don't need a 30-minute reset time. So I can be flexible throughout the day. But there are people like my husband who is very regimented, and he really desires that two-hour block of time or the hour block of time. He desires that, and so he programs his day. He'll say, I'd really like an hour of of work time. 
So then I know, well, okay, I would really like an hour of work time. So I could have an hour and then I can have my reset time, which means, hey, then you can go have your time. So we can piggyback it off like that when the kids are here. Now, some people don't have a spouse to do that. And we get to really uh, be cognizant with our kids and asking them and saying, really including them. Kids at a very young age can grasp that. They can grasp that. So we tell our kids, if the doors are shut, here's what it means. And so we've given them some guidelines. 50% of the time, they totally obey them. I mean, like they they get it. (laughs) 50% 50% of the time, they don't. The challenge is there's three of them. And so if we could just line up the 50% of time that they all listen at the exact same time, we would be, this would be amazing. But of all of you that are parents, you get that uh, that might be more of an ideal than anything. So it's it's really about like working in tandem. If you don't have a spouse there, can you get somebody else to help with this? I know some people that did get nannies or babysitters, or they've got uh, people that worked in collectives for schools. So I may say I'm going to take Tuesday off and I'll be in charge of the collective that day, meaning I'll be in charge of school that day. And then somebody else will do Wednesday and Thursday and you know, so on, however that looks for you. So there's all kinds of different scenarios, but it is really like, when you aren't at a point of this being a natural habit, you get to understand what your pattern is. So be really clear, like, watch your productivity. So when you've got a list of to-dos, so let's just say you had a list of to-dos that's 10 items. Look at, if you go down that list, one through 10, look at how many you can get checked off before you start to not get, like the first one, let's just say they all are about, this first item we think is going to take 30 minutes, the second item we think is going to take 20 minutes, the third item is going to take an hour. So go through your list. The first item, did it take that time? Yep, great. Second item, did it take that time? Yep, great. Third item, yep, great. Fourth item, wow, I thought that was going to take me 30 minutes. It took me six hours then we probably got a productivity gap here. And so now we're starting to say forced break gets to happen there. We put an hour and a half of work in. Now I get to have that break. So I'm starting to naturally see where my where my work load is becoming ineffective. I just read an article about how people that are working 50, 60, 70, 80 hours, which used to be me. I mean, that's probably, I would imagine, especially if we're, we're, you know, once you get to the executive ranks, we put in some of those crazy hours and we're actually ineffective after about 42 hours a week. So anything above that, we're not actually putting more uh, productivity out into the world. We're just diluting our time. So we can actually use these techniques that we're talking about. You may actually only be working about 20 hours a week of actual physical work And you may actually produce a higher amount of results than you do in 60 hours or 40 hours. I've shifted how we, how I paid our contractors and some of our employees years ago. And especially with contractors, we used to go on an hourly basis, but we shifted all to a project basis because I really didn't care how long it took. They're highly effective and something takes five hours, great. But if somebody else isn't effective and it takes them 20 hours, great. But am I going to pay somebody the same hourly rate and based on their effective or ineffectiveness? Do I rob that person that's highly effective because they're highly effective? And do I pay more to somebody because they're ineffective? That just didn't make sense to me. We pay for value, not for hours. I don't want to buy hours. I want to buy a finished product. And so 
so I charged my clients that way. When I ran my advertising agency, we charged our clients that way, but I didn't necessarily charge our employees that way. We didn't, I didn't feed my employees that way. And I got to line that up and say, if what we're talking about is productivity, if we want to actually create a result, then I'm going to pay for the result. I'm not going to pay for the time that goes into the result. And I'm totally open to what the value is, what that end result's going to be worth. But think about that for you. The question that I have for you is, when you're looking at compensation strategies, are you paying based on results or are you paying based on input? And if you're paying based on input, based on hours, time, why? Is that what you really care about or do you care about the results? So align your compensation to what you really care about because that releases your employees and you to think about how can I be the most effective and productive? And when you're there, that's where you have sanity. I used to work in a company where we were prided. Like, the way that we got promoted was by working the most hours. It's total BS because I'm not that much. That, at hour 80, I'm telling you. I'm not going to be the most productive that I am going to be at hour 20. And so these are the things that we get to think about. All right, guys, we are going to go on a quick break. You are listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We're talking all about raising kids, running businesses, and maintaining our sanity. So enjoy this quick break. When we get back, we will wrap it all up. Enjoy. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network talking about maintaining sanity while raising kids and running businesses. And flat out, here's the deal. One of the things that I really, really want to land with you today is that when we think about what we're up to today, it's really easy to say, for work, this is what I want to create. So our to-do list, whatever that is for you, but this is what I want to create today for work. And I encourage you to shift the question and say, in my life, with my family, with work, for myself, what do I want to create today? In all three of those areas. And if there's more areas for you, awesome, add them in for spiritual, for health, for whatever that is. But your, your buckets, your main buckets are for work, for kids, for myself. What do I want to create today? Because on what I see time and time again is that if I said, what are you creating in your work today? You got that list. You've already prepared it. But if I say, what are you creating with your family today? We often have our, our mouth open saying, oh, I hadn't thought about that. It's not that we don't want to create things with our family. It's just that we're not intentional with that time that we have. We're not intentional with that time that we have. One of the things that I've been diligently working on with my kids is instilling in them a love of reading. My husband and I have been doing this since the day, well, even before they were born, we would read a lot when they were in my belly. And, and then, then when they were born, we read a lot to them. And now we read a ton. Each kid, I've got a book with each one of them. I'm reading the, the Harry Potter series with my middle son. I've been reading the Spy School series with my older son. With my youngest, we've been reading Paddington the Bear series. And so we've got all these books that we read. And books are everywhere. We spend so much money on books. If you looked at our budget, our family budget, like books are a really big part of that. 
And, and so we spent a lot of time. And what was really challenging for me is I would be focused on work and each of my kids would come in and they'd say, when do we get to read today? Can we read now? And finally, I, I shifted the conversation with them. And I said, could you come in and ask me, when is a time that works for you to read with me today? Because it was, it was putting me on the spot when they'd say, can we read now? I'd be like, oh, no, I hated saying no to them, but I wanted to get my stuff done. And instead, when they say, when's a great time for me to read today? So we moved to that step. And now I realized if I was proactive about that and I said, hey, I have time at this time, this time, this time, and this time, which time would you like to read with me today? I would actually eliminate the three different conversations that each one of them comes in and asks me about when we'd read today, if I was intentional. So if I woke up and said, what am I going to create in my work? in my family and for myself today, then perhaps I would say, these are the times that I have to read today, which would you like? Which would support them in knowing that, hey, I'm gonna get this time. It would support me in knowing that I'm gonna have that covered and I get to complete what I'm at. And so think about that. If we were intentional with how we spent our time with our kids, with our businesses and with ourselves, what more could we create? It's a conversation I've been having with myself for a while, especially in the health area. So my workouts, what am I going to create today? My goal is four times a week. Now, it doesn't matter what days there are. It doesn't matter what time of the day. It doesn't matter if it's 11 o'clock at night. If it's Sunday night and I haven't completed my four times for the week, I guess at 11 o'clock, I'm going for a walk. I'm working out, whatever that looks like, because it's what I'm committing to. So what would it be like if I said on a, the beginning of the week on Sunday night, I said, what? Four times am I going to work out this week? And I held myself to it. That would be so beautiful. <laughs> it would just be so refreshing to know that I get, without a plan, I mean, it's absolutely, we're not cornering ourselves to where I said I was going to do this and I absolutely have to do this and there's no flexibility. Like that's not the space we're talking about, but actually saying, what is it that I want to create? It's not because somebody else wants me to. I'm not holding myself to somebody else's standard. I'm holding myself to me, my standards and what I want. And when I'm very clear about that, then I create a space where others can be clear with me. And this is how I maintain my sanity most of the time. Most of the time. There's always those moments, right? Giving ourselves grace that we may be that parent or we may be that, that business owner that, that at times goes off the rails because it's going to happen. We all have breakouts. We all have breakdowns. That it's not about that we had a breakdown. It's that are we sitting in the breakdown? Have we moved through it? Remember when I said how many people have a person or how many people does somebody have, the average person, to connect with in an emotional crisis? And the answer is zero. For you, if that's what it is, if, if you're a zero, the one thing that you get to walk away with from this show is to get somebody that can support you. That number gets to be one. So you get to get the person that can support you, whether it's somebody that you're paying, a psychologist, a counselor, maybe it is a coach. If you're focused on moving forward, it could be a coach. You could look up for me. I'm an executive coach. I work with executives that are walking through challenging situations and want to be intentional about what they create. That is, that is my role, but you get to move to one. It could be a friend. You could have an accountability partner with another friend that wants to work through us as well, but you get to move from zero to one. Because when you're intentional about your day, then you maintain sanity. Create the space for you. Because if you don't work, then nothing else works. 
And when I say work, I don't mean like you're sitting at your computer. You know what I see a lot of? I see a lot of people sitting behind their computer telling themselves they're working, but they're not really working. They're just staring at a blank screen. Mine's working. Our minds are always working, guys. They're always working. My mind is so full. I don't have to focus on mindfulness because my mind is full. But what I wonder is, what would my wine be like if I could actually have it be empty for a moment? That's my goal now. Not mind full. It's mind empty, which means I get to pause and give myself some space to be intentional about what I want. So think about that. What do you hear me saying in that? It's not about our minds being full. It's actually about creating a space where our minds can be empty for just a moment. Because my gosh, we got all kinds of stuff swirling around us. Parents, kids, all the responsibilities that aren't going away. We don't really want them to go away. I mean, we love our kids. We might not enjoy them in the moment, but we love them. They're not going anywhere. And so it's about how we handle it, how we move forward, how we show up, how we show up. And and here's the thing. They're all watching us, our employees, our kids, our friends. They're all watching us, not from a judgment perspective, but maybe she or he, like, maybe you know something I don't know. And when you're calm, when you are appearing sane, and maybe there's hope for me. Maybe there's hope for me. So guys, like that's how we make such an impact in the world. If we're sane, then, then we get to have a world of sane people. And I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of cool. I like it when people are sane. So we have covered today a swath of things about being sane. For me, where do I get to go? I get to dig into seeing a dead body in the hallway. Uh, perhaps I have, I have learned that that might be traumatic. There might be something around that. And I say that like, some of you may be like, maybe say, like, Kathleen, oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't see that. But the reality is I have such a different experience around life and death that it may not appear to me the same way it does for everybody else. And you've got your own thing in some other area, something unique that's for you. And your job is to figure it out and unpack it like an onion. Keep peeling back so that you can release whatever it is that's holding you back. We get to put it out into the world. You guys, thank you so much for listening to this show today because this is how we move forward. We get to be sane, even with kiddos and businesses because it's totally possible. So thank you so much for joining me. I'm here every Monday. You can check me out on KathleenRacing.com. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.